You're listening to Sue's Little Black Book, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Creative Connecting in Cheshire. Hello, I'm Sue France, and each episode I will be introducing you to the inspiring and motivational entrepreneurs from my Little Black Book. Today I'm talking to Michelle and Christian Ewing. And I'm quite excited and quite psyched up because they're journalists and I'm interviewing them. And sometimes it's the other way around. How are you today, you two? Oh, we're really good, Sue. We're excited to talk to you. It's very rare that we get interviewed. So this is a good first for us, I think, this month. Yeah, it's time to have the tables turned. I hope it goes all right. The first time I spoke to you, in fact, it was Christian, you interviewed me for your book, She Can 365, and you put me at ease straight away. I think that's why I'm psyched up, because I don't know if I can do the same. I think I'll go straight in and ask the first question, which will let me calm down a bit. Okay. okay. I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. You're doing fine, amazing, Sue. So. <laughs> yeah. You're doing really well. Yeah. We're just two, just two regular people who like a laugh and no airs about us. No, just, no pressure. Not, not at all, not at all. Treat it um, like a chat over a brew. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually got water because I'm trying to do that thing where it's measured on the side of the bottle and you drink so much Ooh. all through the day. So, Michelle, first question to you. As I said before, when I first met you both, you were doing your book, Three Can 365, How did you make the move from journalism into PR? Had you done that before this year? Were you always doing both? I started out my career straight out of university. I actually got my first job as a journalist while I was in my third year at university, working for a press agency that specialised in true life stories for the national women's magazine market. The kind of magazines that you see on the table at your doctors like chat and take a break and all those kinds of magazines. I did that for many years and then moved into local journalism. And I guess it was kind of round about 2009 that I actually moved into PR. So I took a job at a mental health hospital here in Cheshire and they wanted somebody to help patients talk about mental health and reduce the stigma that can be attached to conditions like psychosis and depression and anxiety. And they really wanted me to use my journalism skills to lead those conversations. So that was my route into PR. Similarly for Christian, Christian very much worked in newspaper journalism. That's where we met each other. We fell in love in a newsroom like Clark and Lois, we always say, (laughs) Um, shared a desk. Did, yeah. Christian actually made the move into public relations working in the private sector. So he was working for a FTSE 100 index company as their youngest ever press officer at the time. I'd just turned 25. It was back in 2007 when I joined, yeah. Oh, yeah. goodness me. Uh, yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> yeah. we kind of both were doing PR. I was in the public sector, Christian was in the private. Private, yeah. And then we come full circle and we set up our own PR agency probably about three years ago now, 2017. No. Yeah, so it was our fourth, fourth year, now. year Yeah. So we are once again working together. So yeah. we started our, our relationship working together and now we're working together again. Yeah, so I think we started working with each other Michelle will correct me, I'm sure, but... 2003? I think we started working in 2003. We became a couple while still working together, which was in 2004. 
So we've now been together for 16. Yeah, 16, 16 years. years. Is that right? Yeah. 17 this year. 17, now. This 17 year. years this year. Yeah. So what are the positives? This is to you, Christian. What are the okay. positives about working with your spouse? What are some of the challenges about working and living together? Because we always see you as a couple now, whenever you do a live on Facebook or when you do your challenges, it's always the two of you. So that's how we're getting to know you, which is nice. Thank you, Sue. Yeah, that's a great question that. I think, first of all, in terms of the positives of it, Myself and Michelle have always been, without any pun intended, we've always been on the same page. That was something that we established pretty quickly in our working relationship when we were at the newspaper together. We seem to have a very instant connection with one another. We discovered that we had a lot of similar interests, both professionally in terms of story ideas, which we both were attracted to. And we also had a lot of interests in terms of just mutual things in terms of, you know, hobbies and music and cinema and all, all these t- books. Uh, literature was a big thing for myself and Michelle that we bonded over. We just seemed to have, from the outset, a very strong connection. So we obviously fostered that, being together, working on magazines and newspapers. And I think what we've done is we've just carried it through into what we do now, having our own company together. So we operate very much on a structure where we discuss everything together. If I'm getting a lead in from somewhere or I have an idea or Michelle has an idea or gets a lead in from somewhere, then we sit down together, we we talk it through and then we decide mutually how we're going to progress. So it's a very collaborative relationship, but it's also very respectful. I am very, very much in awe of Michelle's ability as a writer. She inspires me and she's a person that I do look up to in that regard. And I, I really do believe that we drive each other. I think that I, I get the best out of Michelle and Michelle gets the best out of me. So they're definitely the positives. We're very much aligned in our vision. We very rarely disagree on anything, certainly work-wise. We might disagree a little bit more with personal <laughs> stuff, but we, we, we're definitely on the same page with work. They're definitely the benefits of it. I couldn't, and we have fun together. We do have a lot yeah. of fun. We do have a lot Sorry, of fun I, together. I, I, I should see Michelle's already correcting me. This is yeah. what she does. So no, we do, we do have a lot of fun together. And, and I think it's lovely that we do very much show up as being a twosome. You know, we've been kind of called like a dynamic duo and yeah. we've been compared to Holly and Phil and all kinds of different people, Richard and Judy and that type of thing. So for us, that was never like an intentional thing with our brand. It's just something that's happened very organically. But we do like to show up with each other. And I think if, if the other person isn't there, probably akin to Anton Deck or something like that. We do feel a little bit lost, I think. Yeah, um, I've done yeah. like one live on my own and I was like really out of my depth. I felt I'd lost my anchor. Yeah, it can feel oh. a little bit like that. It can feel a little bit like that. And oh. in terms of the challenges of it, we have to remind ourselves to take a little bit of a break because we're, we're husband and wife, we live and work together. Sometimes we just have to remember that we don't need to have work consumers 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. I am sometimes guilty of not switching off from things uh, all, all that great. Michelle's got a little bit more experience of doing that, but she has a different way of managing stuff like that. Sometimes it can be difficult just to remember that it's okay to not always have the work mode going on. We can actually just be Michelle and Chris and, and just, you know, have a bit of fun and chill out and, and that type of thing. There can be the odd artistic disagreement i'm not gonna lie it can happen because we are it, it wouldn't be normal it wouldn't be normal would it if you if you no, didn't no, it, wouldn't it, it, it wouldn't be normal at all i don't want anybody for a moment who, who's tuning in thinking that we're just sitting there you know at the the equivalent of a piano or something and we're just you know beautifully yeah you know just sort of rhyming off cascading melodies and everything's in perfect harmony you know there are times where because we are writing everything together there might be should we say 
a disagreement. I'd be like, um, you need to leave the room for a minute yeah. now, Chris. Or it might be, <laughs> or it might be that I say to Michelle, look, I, I need to do a bit of editing here. I need to just get my head clear. So that can surface. But again, it happens only because we're both determined and driven to produce the best quality work that we can for the people that, that, that we help. It's all coming from a good place. It's not coming from a place of ego or one-upmanship or anything like that. We're both totally respectful of each other's ability and what we've done in our respective careers before we, we came together. So, yeah, I, I would say as well that the benefits far outweigh the challenges. I, I couldn't be more happy with what I did yeah. with working with Michelle. She's wonderful. That's, really that's so good to hear. And it was interesting, the comparisons you made, because Holly and Phil they're not married so, so that's a screen relationship isn't it yeah. and I'm thinking that Ruth and Eamon and particularly Richard and Judy actually used to have little disagreements on television you could see that they cared about each other so it actually doesn't matter does it it's, it's... no it doesn't <laughs> and I think that's that's something we we pride ourselves on that we're always authentic like if anybody watches our lives sometimes our tech breaks down sometimes our cat walks across the keyboard sometimes we lose train of thought or have like a little bit of an anxious moment or go off on a tangent but yeah. I think our belief is that people want to listen to their advice we give because they know it can help them and they want to see us be real nobody's interested in like a performance of perfection nobody tunes in because they want to see a TED talk you know that's been rehearsed to death or something like that people just want us to be us that's definitely something that I encourage anyone who is thinking like I need to be on camera more or I need to start showing up more don't feel like you have to be anything other than yourself because yourself is what will help you connect to other people. Now, my next question, I'm going back to last year or actually the year before when you started to create your book. I'd like to know how that came about. The genesis yeah. of the SheCam365 project, yeah. for anyone who's not encountered it, myself and Christian interviewed 365 female entrepreneurs over 365 consecutive days and told those stories in exactly 365 words. Yeah. So why that started out was we were encountering a lot of female entrepreneurs who weren't convinced that they had an interesting story to tell and as much as we as journalists were you know encouraging them to see themselves how other people see them how how, you know, how we saw them. on how how we saw them, these yeah. amazing individuals who created fantastic businesses and they just didn't feel that they could talk about those businesses in an interesting way so we said we're going to prove prove that you have an interesting story to tell because we're going to interview you and we're going to write that story up for you free of charge now I had a very modest ambition to interview one person a week yeah. and then um our good friend Helen Pritchard um as anybody who knows Helen she was like you know you have to go big go big or go home you know if why do one person a week when you could do one person every single day um we very much were like really C can we do that and um, and after that initial conversation we went home went to bed 
And the next morning we woke up, Helen had already had the She Can 365 website built overnight. So she was like, you're doing it. It's happening. Yeah. We're launching on Friday on International Women's Day. Um, and she very much was the 365 day component yeah. of that. She yeah. drove that sort of um, the uniqueness of this challenge because it is a world first that we've done. Yeah. So that's how that came about. Um, and then we it just snowballed. Like initially we had to appeal for people to come forward and then the tide turned and we started receiving people coming yeah. to us. We had thousands of applications and then we had a really tough job to oh, choose. It was impossible, nearly. I thought I thought it, it was actually the hardest part of it. That, really. that was the hardest part. Which I know is one of the questions that Sue's asked. How, how did we do that? It was it was difficult. So what yeah. we tried to do was make sure that we had a balance of people from dis- yeah. different backgrounds, different communities, different age ranges, people from different sectors and industries. We wanted we, it to be diverse as well. Yeah, we yeah. wanted it to be diverse. We wanted it to feel inclusive. Interestingly, though, I don't think many people know, but we never chose people based on photographs. We never saw a photograph at all until we picked who we were going to interview. And that was really important to us because we didn't want it to be like a vanity project, like 365 models or anything like that. We wanted it to be real people yeah. um, and we and to the essence of the person, not based on their looks or anything like that. So- all, all, all we had as an initial point of, of contact was the entry, the written entry. So we asked people to submit in a hundred words why you should be considered for the project. And then all we had was a voice to go off. Yeah, down the phone. Down the phone. So we interviewed every single person for the project over the phone. Myself and Michelle did them between, uh, we didn't do those collaboratively, we split those up. We were having to, and and Sue will remember in, in our experience, myself and Sue, it was simply a case of having a chat over the phone. We had to treat every individual in the way that they had to be treated, which was with respect. We had to make sure that they felt comfortable. We wanted them to have the opportunity to share their background, but it had to be done in a way where it felt safe, where it felt that they were being heard, there would be no misrepresentation. So another thing that was crucially important to how we how we did SheCan365 was that every story was approved by the contributor prior to it being published. So every single story was done with the full consent of the person that we interviewed. So we would write the draft, we would hit the magic number of 365 because every story had to hit the magic number of 365. And I'll explain in a little moment why we chose to do that. And then when it was emailed over to the contributor, they were then allowed to work with us to make any tweaks or changes which they felt needed to be made. There was oftentimes people said something that we put into the story that they they then wanted to take out for personal reasons or whatever. We were completely on board and completely understood that. And we were just able to work around it. So whilst doing it in that way added more time on to the project for us, there was no other way that myself and Michelle would or could have done it because we were never going to do it where it was like, we're going to have a chat and then we're just going to go off and write whatever and not give you the opportunity to read it and check that you're happy with it. When you spoke to me, I'd agreed to do it, but I didn't actually know you. And I'm obsessed about what goes into print because I've been stunned before when something's been put in print that I didn't want. So I remember doing the interview with you, but had to learn to trust you first. And so it's quite amazing. 365 women must have learned to trust you 
because in the end I felt really comfortable and especially when you sent it back for me to approve that that was wonderful yeah thank you see yeah. honestly that that means everything to hear that thank you so so much and thank it you. was very deliberate as well yeah. Sue because so many people don't tend to have a great view of journalists and reporters they're very mistrustful of them like you said perhaps they've been stung in the past or they see journalists on tv like kicking in people's doors and harassing people in the street and rifling through the garbage you know all kinds of negative ideas about what a reporter is and we wanted to say look we're trained journalists, we've worked for the press, and there is a better view of what journalism can look like. It can be collaborative, it can be kind, and it can be safe. So that's why the review process was really important to us. Yeah, that, that, that was crucial because, I mean, every every application we, that, that we received, and we are talking thousands, we, we looked through every single one, myself and Michelle. So in terms of the logistics of, of, of pulling off that project, it was massive. We'd never undertaken anything like that before. But it was really important that we considered every application and exercising editorial judgment, although we had had experience of doing that because we are professional writers, it it, it was difficult. There's no question of that. But we feel that the selection that we did have in the end was very much in keeping with the vision of the project. It was about empowerment. It was about resilience. It was about showing people that you can do whatever it is that you're setting out to do. And just very quickly, the reason we chose 365 words Obviously, number one, because it's the 365 project. But number two, it was because we wanted to ensure that every contributor had a level playing field. So it couldn't ever be leveled at us two that, well, you've given that person a thousand words, but you've only written 200 words about me. It was a brilliant way. And I have to say, I I, I give full credit to Michelle for that because it was Michelle's idea to to have the 365 word count because it, it made us two accountable as writers. It gave us a cutoff point in terms of, right, you need to, create it to that structure and that'll be it but also it was a brilliant way of inviting the contributors it made them feel secure that they knew that nobody else was kind of having any preferential treatment or that everybody was was being treated purely on the merit of their own story so I do think the 365 word count for me personally that Michelle came up with was our, our secret ingredient I really think it was a powerful thing that needed to be introduced in order for the project to work as well as it did. Well, it's a wonderful book. People can't see, but I've got it up here. (laughs) I'm holding it up and I'm number 175. I'm in August. Oh, about halfway through. (laughs) That's right. Gosh, is that how long ago? That's me. I'm 175. Yes. So I suppose I'm in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I I often dip dip in and out of it. It's It's a lovely coffee table book, a book to have in your living room and dip in and out. Thank you, Sue. Well, I've got one more question. I can't believe how the time has gone. I know. We, I f- we, feel we, we could go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you say, the book was launched International Women's Day, wasn't it? It was last year. It was. Yeah. La- it was last week, yeah. last year. But it couldn't really, ha- you couldn't really have the launch, could you? No. Couldn't, but it-, it was an interesting journey with the book because it actually, it was never intended to start out as a book um, initially. It, it was an online an online project. It was a blog, but due to demand from contributors over the year, it was actually people saying to us, have you thought about making it into a book? That was when we then went ahead and 
created a Kickstarter campaign and that that was an incredible experience in itself. And thankfully to all our amazing supporters and patrons who got behind the Kickstarter incentive, we were then able to self-publish with one of the contributors in yeah, the book. Sue she, Miller. Sue Miller, the amazing Team Sue Miller. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So we were able to do it. So the book thing kind of happened more, more as um a kind of a response to, to to the feedback that we were getting yeah. so and we'd all geared up for a massive party we had back in um, 2020 and yeah. then like literally yeah. about five days before when the party should have been yeah. the whole country went into lockdown that's right so 23rd of march went it's into um it's a shame but yeah. those plans are still on hold and we still have every intention yeah. of getting our ladies together and celebrating the book when it's safe to do as soon so. as it's safe we're going to get everybody together and yeah. we're going to party like it's the roaring 20s that's what yeah we're going to it's <laughs> going to be a brilliant celebration well to my last question yeah. and i'll ask each one of you i know life changed for you in lockdown what is your proudest achievement in lockdown oh good question do you want to go first christian you, you go ahead ladies first <laughs> yeah no you go ahead i would say for me my proudest achievement was how we've pivoted our business so we were originally very much doers we were service delivery people. So we basically did people's PR for them. We took charge of getting them into the press and then we pivoted and we now teach people how to be their own PR person, give them the skills that we've learned over 30 years combined so that they feel confident in identifying their own story. They know what you, words to use to tell it and they know who to tell it to. So over the course of lockdown, we have done four free five-day challenges called Pitch to the Press. And together, we've taught our method to over a thousand business owners since July last year. So that makes me very, very proud and very much almost on a daily basis, we get people contacting us, sharing stories that have been published in the press that they've pitched using our technique and to see people have the confidence to do that is the thing that makes me most proud of all. I completely agree with all of that. As Michelle said, I mean, running the five-day challenge has been a privilege in terms of helping as many people as we've been able to help and we want to, want to continue to do that. But I also think that one of the big achievements for us has been stepping out of our comfort zone mm -hmm. a lot during lockdown. We've had to embrace a lot of different ways of showing up and doing it whereby... We haven't always found it particularly easy to do, but we've understood the significance of doing it. It was very much a case of if you don't start to change how you show up, then there is a very good chance that we might not you know, be able to continue to do what we do and how we want to go about doing it. So I think for me, just having that strength of character between us to, to draw upon each other, maybe we have had an advantage in that regard that we've had each other to lift the other up when the other hasn't felt so great rather than being you know, flying solo we've got each other as a wingman, as it were, then I think that for me has really been a big thing during lockdown that I've been able to look to my wife and business partner to help me to get to where I want to get to. And I know that from Michelle's talking to me that I've been able to, to, yeah, to return that I with her as well. I wouldn't have got through lockdown without Christian and Christian said some lovely kind things about me today, but honestly, like, there is nobody in the world that I love and admire more than Christian. He is a wonderful, wonderful man, first and foremost, as a person, but also a wonderful person to work with with so many skills and such a lovely, caring personality. And one of the things I'm most proud about Chris is how he has been a real cheerleader for female entrepreneurs. 
he's kind of as a man been leading really important conversations and creating safe spaces for women to celebrate their achievements and that is something that I really admire about Christian oh, thank you yeah probably a good thing to end because I'll start getting all <laughs> oh yes and emotional now with that but th- thank oh, you yeah oh it's so been so lovely to speak to you I want to thank you both for inspiring so many women in my business group, because what you've done, there's been some women who've been really struggling, their businesses have been difficult, some have had to start their own businesses because they've lost their jobs, and people often don't think they've got a story, or they're not confident enough to share their story, and I've been on one of your challenges, and you help people to believe that everyone's got a story, but not the fact that everyone's just got a story, you help them pick out the right story to get them in the press. And some people are quite surprised. They tell you about their business and you find the one thing that will get them noticed. So you've done so much for the women that used to come to my events and hopefully will again. I just wanted to thank you from all of us. Thank you so much, Michelle and Christian. It's been great speaking to you today. Bye. Thank you you so much. Thank Thank you.